Today I'll be preaching from the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I'll be reading from verse 1 down to verse number 7, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1, the Bible says, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with their fears of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are, and we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you for the many times you have showed up and proven that you are the one true living God and there is no God like you. Dear Lord, we come before you today asking that you would work in a special way in every heart and in every life. We are a needy people, but you are a God who is certainly able. And I pray today as we open the pages of scripture and we look to see what you have to say to us. I pray that every heart would be receptive. I pray that your word would find a lodging place and that your will might be accomplished. That we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers as well. I pray that you would save some lost souls, stir the heart of every believer. And I pray that when it's all said and done, that you will be well pleased as we seek to be obedient to you. Pray that you give me the words you'll have me to say, and I pray that it be a source of strength and encouragement and challenge where you need it. Take full control. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. Without you, I can do absolutely nothing. And we'll be careful to give you all the honor, glory, and praise for you alone are worthy of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. On the 24th of February, 2022, life will change for millions of people in Ukraine after Russian President Vladimir Putin announced a special military operation to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. Minutes later, missiles and airstrikes hit across Ukraine, including the capital city of Kiev. A large ground invasion followed from multiple directions. Ukrainian President Zelensky, in response to the invasion, enacted martial law and a general mobilization of all male Ukrainian citizens between 18 and 60, who were banned from leaving the country. 
This invasion by Russia represented a major escalation of the Russo-Ukrainian war that began in 2014. It has caused Europe's largest refugee crisis since World War II, with more than 9.4 million Ukrainians fleeing the country and a third of the population displaced. The invasion also caused global food shortages and increasing food and fuel prices. The effects of this war are devastating and far-reaching, felt most by Ukrainians as families have been separated and displaced, some possibly forever. Lives have been lost. Property has been destroyed. Economies have been ruined. The country of Ukraine has been ravaged, even as this war rages on months later without an end in sight. War has consequences. War has casualties. And war also brings about changes. Today, I want to preach about a war that has claimed more lives than any other war in history. The effects of this war go far beyond any other. As a matter of fact, this war is the cause of every other war ever fought on earth. This war is raging even as I speak. And casualties are falling every single day as a result of this war. My friend, I'm referring to a spiritual war. It is a war of right versus wrong. Good versus evil. And my friend, this war, make no mistake about it, it affects you. It affects me. It affects our homes. It affects our families our schools, our workplaces, our communities, our countries. It affects our entire world. An awareness and understanding of this war is critical to avoid becoming a casualty of it. It is without question that the Apostle Paul, in writing in 2 Timothy to of course, his son in the faith, Timothy, understood beyond any shadow of a doubt that he was engaged in a war. He was engaged in a battle. And as such, he used terminology as such. Look with me at verse number 3 and 4 as the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and he says to him, admonishing him, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He says, no man that warreth, listen to that word, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Listen, he didn't 
speak to Timothy and say, Timothy, you, you are like a soldier. He says, no, Timothy, you are engaged in a war and as such, you are a soldier of Jesus Christ. My friend, we are engaged in a battle. It is a war of mammoth proportions. And turning a blind eye or being unaware of the cause, the effects, the forces at play has not only devastating consequences, but eternal consequences. And so today I want to begin a series that I'll be preaching over the next few weeks entitled, A War That Is Raging. A war that is raging. And throughout this series, we're going to take a very close look at this war. I believe that it's very necessary that we do so. You see, my friends, what I'm recognizing is that many are unaware of the ramifications of this war. Many are being lost to this war. And it's my prayer that we will understand the seriousness of this war. To take the necessary steps to preserve our lives and that of others from the effects of this raging war. My friend, when I tell you it is raging, understand that it is raging. A war is raging. Now I want you to jot down if you're taking notes and note with me a conflict of the ages. There's a conflict of the ages and we're going to just touch on this. I'm not going to be rushing through this because I want us to really grasp what's really going on. Now notice with me in relation to this conflict of the ages. And when I say of the ages, I mean of all time. Note with me some realities before the conflict. I want us to take some time and to look back in history. Because when we look at some realities that existed before the conflict, it will help us to have a greater appreciation or awareness of where we are. And how we got here. So I want us to examine. In relation to this conflict of all time. This conflict of all ages. Some realities that existed. Before. The conflict evolved. Now let's look at. First of all. The involved parties. Who were involved. In this conflict. Notice, first of all, the God of the universe. The one true and only living God. This God, a God who's omniscient, who knows all. Thoughts are not hidden from this God. Motives are not hidden from this God. This God sees both the seen and the unseen. He knows all. He sees all. But this one true living God who is the God of the universe 
is also omnipresent. He's every place at the same time. This God is omnipotent. My friend, the God of the universe is all-powerful. There's nothing that's too hard for this God. But this God is also eternal. He has no beginning and he has no ending. He has always existed and he will always exist. This God is immutable. He's without change. Yesterday, today, and forever, God remains the same. This God of the universe is the one who created all things. Everything that is created is a result of the hand of the one true living God. Listen to what Psalm 86 and verse 8 to 10 says. In speaking of this God, this one true living, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, among the gods, there is none like unto thee, O Lord. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Let the church say amen. There is none like this God. And this God is the only one who is to be worshipped. He's the only one who deserves worship. This God of the universe is involved in this conflict. But I want you to notice the second party involved in this conflict. But I want you to take a, a, a look at this party before the conflict. And in order to do this, I want you to draw your attention to the book of Ezekiel chapter 28. Now this is not a picture that you often see or hear or read of regarding this party. Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse number 11. The Bible says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sun, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now I want to stop there and help you to understand that this text is referring to Satan. Lucifer. He's referred to Lucifer in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 12 where it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? So Ezekiel chapter 28 is referring to Satan, Lucifer. But I want you to pay close attention to his characteristics. I want you to pay close attention to who he is prior to the conflict. 
Now we looked at verse number 12. Let's go back there so you can understand some things about him. The Bible says, Thou stealest up the sum. Look at this. Full of what? Wisdom. Satan. Endowed with wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. And Satan had it in abundance. But notice what else he had. Full of wisdom and perfect in what? Beauty. Now what a wonderful and amazing and desirable combination. You only not smart but you look good. You talk about got it going on. That was Satan. That was Lucifer. The Bible says full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Look at verse number 13. The Bible says thou hast been in Eden the garden of God. Now the ladies are going to like this. Every precious stone was thy covering. Listen, he was adorned with jewels. The sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Listen, my friend, Satan was adorned and clothed with the very best there was to offer. But notice something else about him in verse number 13, which is unlike the other party, the one true living God. The Bible says, Thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was what? Created. Satan was created. He is not the creator. But he was created. Look at verse number 14. This Lucifer, he was also exalted. Thou art the anointed cherub. Another word for angel that covereth, and I have set thee so. Understand, the God of heaven exalted this angel, this Lucifer, this cherub above all the other angels. He was exalted. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You know what that tells me as well? Listen, he was powerful. This is Lucifer. This is Satan. So all the images of an ugly looking fella in a red suit and horns. 
That's somebody trying to fool you about who he is and what he can do and what he was before the conflict. I want you to change your image of who this Lucifer was, my friend. These are some realities before the conflict. We notice the, the involved parties. But I want you to notice as well the initial place. Where did this conflict start? I want you to understand that it started in heaven. It started, my friend, in a perfect environment. Notice verse number 14 that we read. It says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so thou wast upon the what? The holy mountain of God. Look at Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12. Notice what the Bible says. It says, How art thou fallen from where? From heaven. Before the conflict, this is where they were. This is their abode. This is very important to understand. Before the conflict, they were in a perfect place. And notice while they were in a perfect place, they were also in a place that was headed by one who is perfect. A holy and righteous God. Perfect in every way. So God, in a perfect place, this exalted and anointed cherub, Satan, in a perfect place, a place with no trouble, a place with no pain, a place with no hardship, a place with no suffering. You hear me? A place where everything is perfect, yet a war ensues. You know why a war happened? Which leads me to my third point. We've looked at the involved parties. We've seen the initial place. But a war erupted because of what I want to call instilled power. What's the instilled power? The power to choose. Now notice with me, the God of the universe gives his created beings who he relates with the ability to obey or to disobey. To love, to hate, to submit to him or to turn against him. God created you and me for relationship. He also created his angels in heaven for relationship. This is very important to understand. God did not create robots. Why is this significant? Because even here in our earth and in our world, in our reality, we think that if we get 
the perfect person in charge, all will be well. Don't we? If we get the perfect pastor, Shiloh Baptist Church will be heaven on earth. If we get the perfect boss, my job will be wonderful. My boss is the problem. If I get the perfect principal at this school, man, this school is going to just run like, listen, it's going to run like a well-oiled machine. Man, if we get the perfect premier, man, Nevis will be perfect. If we get the perfect prime minister, Sankis and Nevis will be, uh, listen, it's a wonderful place to live. We think that if we get everything we want, life will be well. Man, you give me a million dollars, I'll be set. All my troubles will be over. Man, if I get my house paid off, man, I won't have any more worries in the world. I'm going to be the perfect Christian now that my mortgage is paid off. My mortgage is a result of all this stress. And if I can just get rid of that, If I can get position and power, all will be well. But understand with me that there was a war in heaven because God gave his created beings an opportunity to choose or to reject him. And when the choice was presented, even God's created beings in a perfect place chose to rise up against him. And these angels who rose up against God understand that decisions and choices have consequences. And so when they chose to war against God, guess what? They were sealed. They were confirmed in their decision. Meaning that there is no going back. Do you know that Satan can't repent? He can't go to God and say say he's sorry because he is sealed in his choice against God. Here's something I want to establish from the beginning so that we understand the context of this war as it becomes applicable and relevant to us in the weeks to come. Don't think that circumstances are the greatest determinant of where you end up. It's not circumstances. It's not whether things are going fine. It's not what's been done to you. It's not what you have or what you don't have. My friend, whether you are successful or not, it's what you do with the power of choice that you have been given. Don't take that power lightly. That power of choice, as we will see in the weeks to come, is what triggered a war for the ages. That little thing that we take for granted called choice. 
you and I have the power to choose. God somehow in his wisdom has seen it fit to give us the ability as created beings to either accept or to reject him, the one who made us. And it is so critical that we understand the power of such a choice. The consequences associated with this amazing privilege and responsibility that we have been given. My friend, don't take the power that you have to choose lightly. Understand, God is still on the throne. God is still who he is. And God will remain the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's created you and me with the privilege, the power to choose. Choices have consequences. It's great to be able to determine and God leaves that up to us. God leaves that up to you. God leaves that up to me. But there are consequences attached to that choice. God created Lucifer as a choice angel, exalted him, gave him wisdom, clothed in beauty exalted him but he gave him also the power to choose and as we'll see going forward you'll see what was done with that power and how that choice in the wrong direction triggered a war a war that is still raging. A war that is still claiming casualties. And I trust that we would understand the consequence of choice that we have in this time. Understand we are looking back at what took place. When a choice was presented, we see the consequences hundreds and thousands of years later. Understand where we are in the context of time and eternity. You and I have a choice to make. The choice is between good and evil, between right and wrong, between God and any other little g-o-d. The question today, what will be your choice? Your choice will determine whether you survive or whether you are a casualty in this war that is raging.